0: is my command. You are to listen to Fan holes. It is the one podcast, the only podcast, that can stand in my way. Listen to it, tear it apart, and destroy Tony Jackson. He can't remember who said what.
1: Alright folks, welcome back to Fan Holes. We have a pretty good show this week. We're kind of going to go retro on you in a way. There's an anniversary coming up. Don't know if you're aware of it. But Transformers the movie. A great nostalgic movie for anybody who's a Transformers fan. We all here love it at Fan Holes. It's probably one of our favorite movies. And we're really just going to reminisce this week. Nothing really too flashy. Just talk about a movie we really like. I really don't really want to waste too much time. We'll just go over a couple of topics like... we thought about when we first saw it, favorite quotes from it, scenes that we wanted or scenes that we didn't want, that we might take out, the soundtrack, which was awesome, we'll go into that later on, and of course, how much we were affected by the death of Optimus Prime. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and get started here, so I will introduce myself and the rest of the fanholes will chime in as they feel fit. I am Tony Chainclaw and Chainclaw was not in the movie.
2: <laughs> hey, this is Brian, also known as Breakdown. Sadly also I did not make an appearance.
3: <laughs> this is Derek, Derek WC and Cybertron and all its moons
0: belong to me.
4: <laughs> uh this is Mike, Thunderwing, and while I was not in the movie, the object of my obsession, the Matrix, was
5: <laughs> Me Grimlock, no bozo, me king. <laughs>
1: nice. Oh, well, we are obviously all here. We're just going to jump into it because no doubt we're going to go at length on some of these topics. Bear me this
0: mockery of
1: justice! Easiest question in the world is what you thought when you first saw it. Transformers movie did have kind of a cool reputation at the time because there wasn't a lot of boys toys movies out at that time. You had like My Little Pony and Care Bears and stuff that was coming out, woo. but the, the <laughs> <woo>. <laughs> But this is actually the first really big, like, you know, uh boys' toy movie that was coming out. It also had a lot more adult themes than you would think, and it kind of affected some people a certain ways. So we're just going to kind of talk about how seeing our heroes on the big screen affected us. I'm just going to pick somebody at random because we, we've all seen the movie so many times. Justin, what did you think about it when you first saw it?
5: I thought it was the greatest thing ever animated and also <laughs> – I thought it was one of the most violent things ever animated because they killed off a lot of my favorite characters. I'll just did go it like ahead bump
1: and, out or did it kind of like – you know? Well,
5: yeah, like I'll just go ahead and get this out of the way. I was one of those people who cried when Optimus Prom died. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> but, Damn Plank. <laughs> but I think the death that affected me the most was Starscream because I was always <laughs> a big Starscream fan. Like I always kind of – gravitate more towards the characters who are uh, you know tricksters yeah. or you know, they just kinda like they just kinda do whatever they want. You know, like uh Jane from Firefly or Spike from Buffy and Angel, like I always like those characters, so when Galvatron shows up and blasts him and he you know, he turns black and then he just crumbles. I was like, What? No. But they just killed Optimus and a bunch of guys before that. I was just like, Well who's gonna die next? Well, it was also kind of
1: weird. It was also kind of weird because Starscream was actually a major character. It wasn't like I mean, as much as I love some of the guys who died, they didn't play huge roles. But Starscream was like a big guy, you know.
5: Yeah, I was just like, well, who's going to be the you know sneaky backstabbing guy, you know, from now on? The movie pretty much opens with like four Autobots getting killed very violently, and like the only one that, that bothered me out of those was Prowl, like. His was probably the most gruesome, and I liked Prowl, like, not as much as, you know, maybe Mike or Derek, but I always liked Prowl, and then I liked uh, Wheeljack, too, so, you know, seeing Wheeljack's you know, charred corpse slaying, I was just like, <laughs> Wheeljack, too? I
3: think for me, like, of, of those four guys, I mean, like, obviously, like, I love Braun from the, the TV series, and then also, uh, for me, Ironhide was a big deal, too, like, where I was kind of like, oh, shit, they killed Ironhide, for real?
5: He was like, Optimus' oh, best friend up at that point. See, with me, it didn't really bother me as a kid. I was just like, Cup's just, like, an older, grislier, you know, version of Ironhide. So Ironhide's death didn't really bother me, but...
3: For me, like, with, you know how you're talking about, like, Starscream's death was the thing that hit home for you? Like, for me, I was a little more bloodthirsty about it, like, because I think, I was like, finally! Finally! I to
0: put up with it, you take it, it been, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it was
2: a long time coming, that's for sure.
5: Yeah, it, it was deserved a long time coming, you know, and he did get exiled and, you know, made the combaticons and everything, so I yeah, I guess I'd say you know, it was fair but still the little kid in me, I was like really upset at Optimus died and I did cry, but when when Star Scream died I was just like, Man, what what's gonna happen next in this movie? Where are all my characters going? But, you know, as a kid I didn't really, you know, understand that they were killing off characters to, you know, so they could sell more new toys. Like, yeah. I, I always liked Ronimus Prime. Like, you know, a lot of people hate on him in the Transformers community. I always liked Ronimus Prime. I don't like him more than Optimus or anything, but I think he gets, you know, kind of a bad rip. i I've always, I've always liked Ronimus.
1: I'm actually, Derek, I was going to bring up something. You were talking about Braun. Did it kind of piss you off? I know a lot of fans who are hardcore fans were pissed off that he took a shot in the shoulder and that killed him.
3: You know, what's funny. I always I always remember having those weird discussions about how things would and would not affect characters on the cartoon. You know, like most times if, if they took shots like that on the cartoon, that wouldn't have been proven to be fatal. But, you know, one of the things I wanted to bring up was I actually did not get to see the movie in the theater. I mean, you know, I was, you know, begging and pleading like any other kid would. And it was one of those things where it was like, oh, we'll we'll go next week. You know, we'll go next week. And it was like, you know, after like a month or something, it was like already, you know, it didn't stay in the theaters very long, you know, before it got pulled. Like, it didn't make much money, and it got pulled out of the theaters pretty quickly, so I didn't get a chance to see it until it was on VHS. And the only way I knew what had happened in the story in between then was by reading the Marvel Comics adaptation. And if you actually look at that scene in the Marvel Comics adaptation, it's not as graphic you know, like, I mean, basically, it's like a four-panel shot of the, you know, Starscream zapping each guy one by one. And as far as, you know, if you were just reading that and you didn't know the context of the movie, you'd just be like, yeah, so what? Like, they, they zap some guys and they're knocked out. Like, I, <laughs> I, I don't think it ever really dawned on me until I saw the movie where I was like, whoa, like, wait. And then you're like, well, wait a minute. Why does like, you know, who was it? Like, uh, uh, scavengers, like, pistol like i'm like what scavenger's pistol like explodes prowl like i'm like i could buy like megatron's gun you know but in the back of my head i was always like wait what's so special about scavenger's fucking gun oh you know
1: it's kind of cool that you bring it up from the tv show though because they did do that a lot there was one episode where optimus prime gets beat up pretty badly and he's got his whole chest open and Laserbeak just zooms in and shoots his open innards, and he explodes, and then by the end of the episode, he's like, that was a close call.
4: <laughs> not not even that, but I can remember an episode where Soundwave has gun mode Megatron, and he shoots Braun in the face, and Braun just gets <laughs> up and goes, ow, that's murder on my optic
2: senses! <laughs> he had Megatron set to strobe.
1: <laughs> uh, since you piped in with that, Mike, why don't you go ahead and tell us your uh, thoughts on it, when you first saw it.
4: Well... My it's, it's actually I don't my grandparents took me to it when I was four years old. I think I must have been three or four, and it, there was this there's this little crappy theater that was down the street from them, and they they it always ran like third or fourth run movies. And I'm like I'm trying to do the math, and the math doesn't make any sense because the movie came out in '86, right? Yeah. Okay, so I I must have been if I saw it when I was three or four, it must have been like '87 or '88 when I saw it. So I guess this theater must have been running it for a long time, or I don't know, when it got movies or whatever, but I, I clearly remember seeing it in, like, the theater, so it's kind of weird. In any case, it was, a cra- it was a really crappy theater, so I think, like, they just had, like... They they just showed old stuff all the time, but in whatever case, I only made it, like, the first five minutes of the movie. Then I saw Prowl die, and I got so scared I had to leave. So uh, that's, that's that. And then, like... Uh, a couple years later, when I was, like, six or seven, like, I got it on VHS, and then I got to see it for real that time. And I was still a little scared, but, like, at that point, I was, like, you know, determined not to be scared, because I was a big boy. So, I like, you know, I watched the whole movie, and then... Like I, I want to like, do
1: this for a prowl.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, like... A, At that point, like, there was, like, a video rental place, like, close by, so, like, every weekend. That video rental place only had the movie, and it had, like, the VHSs of, uh, like, it had more than meets the eye, like, the original, like, uh, miniseries, and it had, like, a several, you know, they used to have, like, a single episode on each VHS, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. they used to have the the family home entertainment. Yeah, yeah, with the little comic on the back, like, they to summarize the whole episode in, like, four panels, and it's like yeah. the Dinobots are mad. Why are they mad? Because Optimus is mean to them, and they're like the Dinobots are going to kill Optimus. Oh no! Yeah.
3: <laughs> to find out more, rent this.
4: Yeah, exactly. Hundred dollar VHS. <laughs> Twenty two minutes. Yeah, but for the longest time, like, I'd, I'd either, like, alternate between renting, like, More Than Meets the Eye or the movie. So, like, I saw, like, the very beginning of Transformers and, like, what some would consider, like, the end of Transformers. And I remember it was a big deal one day because I found, like, they, they got, like, a new, like, aside from the other episodes, they got the mo- the uh, Five Faces of Darkness video in. And I was like, <gasps> another, like, something that happens after the movie. So that that was a big deal for me like that. But before that, like, I'd I'd only had the comics, so, like, aside from, like, More Than Meets the Eye, the movie, and, like, assorted random episodes, like, I think, like, the War of the Dinobots or whatever the one where, like, Swoop and Snarl first show up, those, like, were the only, like, animated Transformers I had seen for a long time. But in whatever case, eventually my friend had a VHS copy of the movie, and I think I traded him something for it. I don't remember what I traded to him for it. But then I d- then I had my own copy of it for like years and years, and that that sustained me until like they came out with it on DVD. And then like I bought the the latest uh, what was it? I think it was like the twentieth anniversary version of the DVD. So that that's, like, my history of owning the movie, pretty much.
1: But, I mean, I get, you had, like, kind of like a Derek thing where you had the comics more. Did you notice the differences, too, or did it really not really, you know...
4: But it always, like, you- since I, I had read the comics, like, when I first saw, like, More Than Meets the Eye, I was like, why is Shockwave just standing there? Why isn't he doing anything? Because, <laughs> like, cause, like the, those comics I had had, like, Shockwave, like, being leader of the Decepticons and stuff. So that Yeah, he, might,
1: yeah. he beat up the Dinobots, for Christ's sake.
4: Yeah. yeah so- I,
1: always, I
3: always thought that was funny, because I, I had seen all the, epi- like, those FHE videos you talk about. I think those season one episodes were the episodes I saw the most. So it's like, I saw, you know, most of the episodes when they first aired on television. But I think that's why I don't have as much of a connection to, like, season two stuff. Because I probably only watched season two when it aired on TV, and then that was it. It's not like they ever had tons of videos when I was growing up. Yeah, with season two stuff. And it's like, for some reason, like season three, like I watched the movie to death. And I, you know, obviously I love all the season three guys. And I remember a good friend of mine. His brother was probably the biggest Transformer collector. And and that was kind of like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but. Uh, you know, my mom sometimes would, would save toys and keep them in the box and like, you know, put them in a little suitcase somewhere and go, you're going to appreciate this someday or whatever. And, and that was that, you know, and, but for the most part, like there wasn't a whole lot of preserving stuff. You know, it's like, if I got a transformer, the box would get opened, I'd cut out the tech spec, I'd play with it, probably lose some accessories, and then it'd get stored in a box with a bunch of other transformers. But with his brother, I, you know, like we barely could ever go in his room. And I remember he had like some of the UK comics. And if you looked at his closet, it was like filled up, you know, with boxes of, you know, not like boxes like any old boxes, but the, you know, original box that the toy came with. So he actually, like, you know, pretty much was more of a, I, you know, he was more of an adult collector as they're viewed today, you know, back then in the 80s than anybody I have known before. And then I remember they, he had taped, like, every episode of it. And so I remember I just asked that friend of mine, I'm all, could you make me, like, a mixtape of stuff, you know? And I got, like, you know, I just got, like, a couple episodes on one tape, which was, like, the burden hardest to bear and, you know, a bunch of episodes I liked, you know, Starscream's Brigade and things like that. So, like, I always liked, you know, Season 3 guys sort of more than... I guess normal people do, or
4: whatever. Yeah, see, I, I didn't get direct, yeah. like, television access to Transformers until sci-fi started repeating it in the morning. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so, like, a that, that was, like, what, like, early 90s, maybe? I don't yeah. know. yet, yeah, but, but I used to, that's one, how I, like, started seeing the whole series, like, in order, and I, like, I, I was literally, like, astonished, because I, like, li- literally before that, I, I had only seen, like, less than, like, you know, 15 episodes all together in the movie, so I was like... When, when
3: did they air the shitty Transforming Cube episodes? Like, when was that?
4: It was early 90s, too. Yeah, 94, maybe? 90... I don't know. But, so,
3: so that that was before
4: sci-fi then, right? Um, was, no, I, was, I don't know. I, I think it was kind of concurrent with it. I don't know. Maybe... Hmm. Because I, I do, rem- I do, yeah, I do remember seeing the like Cybernet Space Cube episodes and stuff. But I, I remember seeing it on Sci-Fi before that. I don't know; my, it just might be my faulty childhood memories. But
3: yeah. no, I, I, but I was, you know, I was kind of used to uh, Shockwave being not the leader. So I, I remember when I finally got like a three pack of comics from like Toys R Us. You know, they they packaged a lot of them together. I think I got like issues ten through twelve. And then I found some of those collected Marvel books that, like, had, like, the first, I think, three issues. And then, like, four through six was, was the next collected set and things like that. And then my, my cousin eventually, he, he was my older, I guess, second cousin, you know, on my mom's side. And he, he was, I guess, a big Doctor Who fan and a big comic collector and stuff like that. And I, what I remember about his room was it was kept pretty nice, and he had a blue streak. Figure, you know, that I saw, and and I guess he had collected like the first ten issues of Transformers comics, and he knew I like comics too. And at that point, you know, I was just I was pretty much reading Transformers, GI Joe, and Spider Man, and he kind of went, "Oh, you like, you know, the Transformers?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, they're awesome, you know." And he's like, "Well, here you go," and he just gave me the first like ten issues or whatever. So that was pretty cool, and like that, you know, I had had like I said, I had some of them collected before where you know they were in those you know Marvel little collection pamphlets where like the they had the cover with Shockwave, you know, are all dead and that kind of stuff and then but but in the the car you know the cartoon I was kind of like used to how they were portrayed there so I was always kind of like why is Circuit Breaker, you know, kicking these guys' ass and why is why is Megatron taking shit from
1: Shockwave
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like this makes no sense. Generation 2 just for
4: it was from 1993 to 1995 okay so i I uh, i'm like it must have been all mixed and jumbled up i don't know
2: what about you brian sadly i didn't get a seat in the theater as well aware of the movie coming out because i remember I mean, my friends used to watch mtv a lot just to try to catch the stan bush video and um that had scenes from the movie mixed in between him you know rocking out on his guitar but we we uh were glued to the TV set just to give as much info about the movie as we could. And I don't know what happened, but when it was actually in the theater, I I had no idea it was in my town or something, but I completely missed it. So kind of like Mike, um, we had a local video store, and I, I rented it like every weekend that it was there, like at least through middle school. And I remember my dad offered to buy it from the video store, and they said, they wouldn't sell it because it's so popular still. But yeah, I used to, I just watched it all the time, and the deaths didn't really affect me. And I, as a kid, I didn't even notice the disparity between, you know, how shots bounced off people or they went, uh, in the cartoon, and then in the movie, it just blew them away. I didn't really notice, you know, a big difference, but the movie definitely seemed more serious, and I don't know, I, I guess I thought the deaths were pretty cool as a kid. Yeah, I mean, I'll,
3: I'll just in in Justin's defense, like I will also acknowledge that that you know, like I said, when we were doing the Star Trek thing, you know, when Mister Spock died, I was coming out of the theater like,
0: ah, they killed Mister <laughs> Spock, and it was pretty
3: much. It, I, I think I was a little older by the time Transformers the movie came out, so it wasn't like I wasn't as 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 awestruck and and shocked as I was with Mister Spock, but it was that thing of you're sitting there and you're like, wait, what's going on? What what what? And then all of a sudden you're like little tears are like welling up and like, no, no, they're not going to do this. You know, so yeah. yeah. But, you know not It could have way. been just because they're
2: robots for me or something. And it, the funny thing is, I I actually remember watching it with my sister early on, and she's like three or four years older than me, and she cried when Optimus Prime died, but it just didn't affect me as a callous kid, I guess.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I will not be programmed by this Vince electronica
1: <laughs> <laughs> It will not make me cry. When I saw it, I did see it in theaters, I saw it with a friend of mine, and it really kinda of blew me away because I wasn't used to seeing I mean not to sound very simplistic. I wasn't used to seeing shit I saw on T V on the big screen and I was like, what, this this is how things can happen, really? And like everybody said it was a lot darker. It wasn't nearly as, you know, oh, Ironhide. Let's go get some, you know, Inner John pie and watch, you know, our favorite, you know, TV movies. Like people were dying, the whole kind of ominous tone of the story with Unicron coming and eating their flipping planet was a little dark. But at the same time, I had just started watching Robotech on TV, which was also a very dark and very realistic show, considering what it dealt with as far as sci-fi and stuff. And people were dying on that all the time. So it kind of, it was weird, as like a weird parallel. I had the same kind of sadness for Roy Fokker dying as I did for his like Prime. <laughs> like, Roy just wanted some salad. He was going to have fruit salad. <laughs> and then I watched, like, Transports, like, His Prime too, and Prime, oh, it was just... It was an overload of all my favorite characters. Wanted
3: some energon cube salad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) However, I will say one thing: at least, no matter what anybody says, I think one thing we actually did kind of skirt over is that this prime didn't really go out in a horrible way. He he kicked ass for like the few minutes he was on that movie. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. It is uh-huh. it is the secret pain of Prowl fans that he got gunned down by the wussiest constructacon.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: well, yeah, that's why you're
3: like, wait, wait, Scavenger's gun is what?
1: <laughs> yeah, like pretty much his Prime had, you know, almost a Darth Vader like death, if you want to compare it to like other movies where it's like it meant something, it was really important, whereas Prowl pretty much was boba fetted out in the universe. <laughs> like, we're
0: just
3: going to –
1: Boba Prowl? Boba Prowl?
0: <laughs> Where?
1: <laughs> oh, my eyes are exploding. Like,
5: when, when they took the Matrix out of his chest in the movie, one of the things I was always curious about as a kid, I was like, what does his mouth look like? I was like, can you take that triangle part <laughs> off of his mouth? I was like, what – and like, you know, when, when Megatron says, I'll rip out your optics, like I didn't know what optics was. I was like, oh, he's going to rip his mouthpiece off. We'll get to see what his mouth looks like. <laughs> that's Oof. weird. i
3: never I never thought of prime when I was a kid as having a mouth underneath that. I always just thought that was his mouth he had yeah.
4: he had he had orco snake eyes fan aura for you <laughs> <laughs> justin yeah pretty yeah.
2: much mm. prime's secret yeah. shame was horrible horrible teeth. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, another another thing I thought was was interesting about the the Prime Megatron dynamic. I know there's a lot, there's a lot of talk going on, you know, comparing the uh, um, you know the violence of the Bayformers movie Prime to the you know. The original G1 Optimus Prime and kind of, you know, people making accusations of like, well, my Optimus Prime wouldn't do that. And then people getting defensive about it and going, well, he totally like would shoot Megatron in the face and Transformers the movie, which I, I don't know that I really agree with that. But uh, one thing that's kind of interesting is in the in the comic adaptation, Hot Rod never gets in the way. I mean in fact like in the in the comic adaptation the dialogue is like totally different in the fight like it's kind of interesting cuz like that was the first version I was exposed to as well so you know there was lots of you know throwing of stuff at each other and you know Optimus Prime almost kind of did this weird not arm wrestling but it was almost like Indian arm wrestling I don't know if you know what that <laughs> is but it's like where you you know you're basically locked arm to arm and, you know, you're you're basically sort of doing a balancing act where, you know, whoever manages to knock the other guy off balance wins the match. And it was very much like that where eventually Prime just kind of like grabs Megatron, knocks him off balance and throws him into the, you know, the wreckage and his cannon comes off. So you're left where you were, you know, in the movie where he's, you know, cannonless trying to go for a... a know a hidden pistol or whatever but the dialogue is kind of like you know megatron's kind of like oh you know prime we we kicked your sorry butts off cybertron and we'll do the same on earth you know basically saying you know oh we we chased the autobots off of cybertron and now we're just going to do the same here and like you know and prime's just basically like i'm gonna fight till the last breath blah bitty, blah and then and then they do the the pistol thing but he gets shot with the pistol without Hot Rod even being there, you know? So, I, I, I don't know. I just found that interesting given current-day sort of debate over, you know, what Optimus Prime would or wouldn't do or whatever. But it's kind of interesting that Hot Rod is not in that equation at all, you know? And I don't know if that was part of an original draft, because usually when you have those adaptations, they're done before, you know, the movie's finalized, so you can kind of.
4: I kind of, you know... I was going to say, I kind of remember from that adaptation, doesn't he also, like, he does the never double fist thing, but then he also, like, punches through, like, Megatron's side almost. Like, I kind of remember, like, him doing something after he does, like, the never double fist thing. I remember they were, like, throwing stuff at each other. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen, I haven't read that adaptation, like, since, yeah, like, it. Like I don't know since when. I know I have it. I just don't remember when I last read it. Yeah, the last panel actually does have Optimus Prime going, "I want your face."
1: <laughs> all I these.
4: remember is yeah, all I remember Yeah, yeah is you're when, right, you're right, Mike. I just looked at it real quick. He yeah, does, All I remember uh, is like Prime and Megatron's midsections were all on fire and stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's
4: kind of like it's kind of like he he has a big speech before he like
3: punches him in the the the, you know, sort of stomach almost and then they're both sort of it, it wasn't like he collapsed from like a huge height. They kind of were just sort of
1: next to each other. <laughs> as they lay next to each other. You know, Prime, I've always loved you. <laughs> the crazy thing about the comics is, like, sometimes they do kind of change stuff around and stuff. We were talking before we actually started recording the show how in the Marvel Universe, apparently Arbliss is a much bigger character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, in, in that, like, he was... Well, he
3: didn't... He seemed to transform what... of, of and, and fly off of his own volition or whatever.
1: Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, they do kind of stuff like that all the time, so just... I was going to say though, considering that we're talking about the Optimus Prime Megatron, you know, big battle scene and everything, and how important it was, that is also a scene that has a lot of quotes that people tend to bring up, especially in the Michael Bay movies, where they use quite a few of the lines from that, you know, epic encounter uh, reused in in different uh, aspects of the film. What's uh, some of you guys' favorite quotes? Um, I guess I'll I'll go ahead and throw out one or two of mine. I will go with a pretty standard one that people pick on the poor character a lot for. But I I was always felt bad for Ultra Magnus's. You know, I can't deal with that right now, and (laughs) he just gets so much shit for that. Because in like two seconds, he goes from Ultra Magnus, city commander, proud warrior, to like, dude, you suck, you're a douche, you know. (laughs) And it it really hurt his character for many years. So I I always felt bad, but it's also pretty a pretty funny line. And just because it's not one that people quote very often, even though when they do, it always makes people laugh just because of how he said it. I like when the Dinobots break into the uh, Quintesson uh, <laughs> little pool of stuff and Slag walks over one of the uh, Shartnicons. He's like,
0: excuse me. <laughs>
5: <laughs> That's always one of my favorite ones, too. Uh,
1: what about you guys? Uh, well, uh, since you said you like that one, uh, Justin, what are some of your favorite quotes?
5: Basically just... The whole Dinobots on uh, the Quintesson planet, like, what is it called, Quintessa? Yeah. Quintessa, yeah. Um, Pretty much all that, like, you know... Before and after they meet and Willie, you know, where Grimlock's like, "Me, Grimlock say you full of cesium salami, I'm <laughs> <laughs> <really a> <laughs> <laughs> and then when Willie shows up and you know Grimlock's talking to Willie, and you know, Willie uh, shoots him with his little slingshot, and he's like, "Why, boy, hit my nose, <laughs> <laughs> complete with little red mark." <laughs> <laughs> And uh pretty much like a lot of I like a lot of Galvatron's over the top lines and he's has quite a few, you know, just as soon as he's traded he's like uh I will rip open Ultra Magnus and every other Autobot until the Matrix has been destroyed. And then, you know, he's when he's choking uh, uh, Hot Rod, he's like, you know, first Prime, then Ultra Magnus. I was like, Man, this guy's really serious, like he's a killer
2: <laughs> Yeah, he's like ruthless.
5: Although I don't know why choking a robot makes him, you know, gas for air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Having trouble
5: breathing.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, what about you, Brian? Well, you some-
2: you can uh, you know, like Imagine maybe he's like cutting off like important circuitry to his cranial cavity or something, you know.
4: I just figured, yeah, he was just like crushing Hot Rod's neck, like. No, yeah. I demand <laughs> science.
3: I demand his painted <laughs> flames disappearing <laughs> <laughs> when they're in the vacuum of
5: space. Uh, I I challenge the validity of these circuits in his neck. <laughs> what is an Energon goody? What does it taste like? <laughs> is is it like a Scooby Snack but for robots? Make
0: sure you got. So fool, you not.
5: <laughs> Why does RC screw up everything in the movie? <laughs> yeah, I think that's my my favorite line
3: when uh, when Springer, the the Han Solo of Transformers uh manages to save RC's stupid ass from running away at the last minute and then he he grabs her and then they're like he's like
2: this is the fun part. That's actually my favorite line is going to be believe it or not this is the fun part. The movie's like Just full of one-liners. They did a great job. It's like one of the most quotable movies I know of. And I think I kind of gravitate towards Springer just because he's like the smartass kind of and like he always made me laugh. But um, yeah, when I was picking my favorite quote, like the only one I've used in real life with non-Transformer friends was, believe it or not, this is the fun part. So I was going (laughs) to use that.
3: Nice. We are secret transformable brothers. <laughs> is that your favorite uh, line too, Derek, or
1: did you have any others?
3: Uh, I mean, there, there we we always used to like. Uh, it's kind of funny, you know. You know how like one of the questions is about you know how you think the movie holds up, and you know maybe I know Mike and I were talking about this. We agreed that it was kind of hard to be objective in terms of Transformers the movie. Like for me, sometimes it's kind of hard. Like. I remember there were times when we would just come in and like for 30 minutes we would do the whole movie. I mean, it was like, <laughs> yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't even like, it wasn't like we were just quoting a line. It would just be like, you know, we'd do the whole first scene, you know, where it'd be like, sound wave, playback, laser beam's findings, you know, and everybody would just do the whole thing for like the next 30 minutes. <laughs> so it's like, it's kind of hard to like, just say, oh, okay, you know, like, you know, whether it was like, because we love, you know, Leonard Nimoy and Mr. Spock and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, uh so yeah, I mean, I, that that's always been hard for me because it's like oh you got to single out stuff it's like I love everything you know I love Wheelie I love Grimlock I love you know um, you know Redgar and you know you know all that kind of stuff you know no coffee flavor for you all books, <laughs> fire, money back. You
1: know, all that stuff. It's, it's funny though, like you know we didn't even I I don't know if Mike thought about this but like you know the movie itself contributed to even popular culture, language and stuff, because pretty much because of Transformers, a movie, we have ginormous in our lexicon. Yeah.
3: Weird ginormous planet headed <laughs> to Savitra! <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny about that is, like, I, I was like, I know they were, like, phasing out the toys, but, like, I remember what sucked about that was, it was kind of like once that movie came out, and especially season three, accentuating Grimlock, Jazz, and and uh, uh, I guess, you know, Bumblebee was still around. But what's interesting is I already had a Bumblebee, you know, toy. But at that point, I had never I didn't have Jazz or Grimlock. And after that, I sort of, you know, it was like because I think my favorite dinosaur was the Triceratops. So, like, I had Slag and I had Swoop and I think I had Snarl, too. But I didn't have Grimlock yet. And I was kind of like, oh, I should probably, you know. I should probably get Grimlock now, you know. And at that point, I remember going to a Toys R Us and like there was a lady there, and she was just like, "Oh, you know, those were really cool. They were dinosaurs." It's like we we just don't get them anymore, you know, like because it was like they were all sort of phased out by that point. And I think mm-hmm. I ended up getting like all the Monster Bots or something, which to me <laughs> were like you know poor poor replacement
1: Dinobots or something.
0: Like <laughs> yeah. That.
1: And I was like, "Dang it!"
0: <laughs>
1: well, it's okay though, because if you bought Grimlock, you could have kept him in dinosaur mode the whole time, and he would have been just as he was in season three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Mike? Do you have any like? No, I mean, let's not even do
4: favorite quotes. Just like some great quotes that just pop to the top of your head usually. Uh, the ones I picked were uh, I oh, my probably my top favorite one is uh, Megatron. Is that you? Here's a hint. Uh, also, even right before that, when uh, when uh, Star Scream's like, "Who disrupts my coronation? <laughs> coronation, Star Scream! This is bad comedy." <laughs> I love that. That I think Nimoy has great delivery in that movie. What else? Um, I also really like a uh, Cup Some um, when uh, Hot Rod's like, "How'd you do that?" And cups like, "I'm trying to remember." There was an awful lot of casualties that day. <laughs>
3: Oh yeah, we invaded polarity.
4: (laughs) I also like a cup when when they run out of energon goodies, and cup just goes empty. (laughs) (laughs) Empty. No more. I, I was just watching it, like, this afternoon to, like, get in the mood, and just, like, not even favorite quotes, but just stuff I thought, thought was funny, where, like, you know, Springer's like, uh, face it, Magnus, the Decepticons are gonna dog us until they see us dead, and Magnus is like, then that's exactly what they're going to see, prepare for murder-suicide pact. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, you're up first. <laughs>
1: gotta shove me hey, out this airlock. Speaking I- of
3: Daniel, I think I, I do really love the. It's like, transform! Come on, you could do it, I know you could do it!
0: Transform! Transform! I'm <laughs> a crappy I, car.
5: I, I wa- <laughs> Shoot down the acid cover! <laughs> I was gonna say I, I don't
0: wa- have a
5: gun! <laughs> Use your exosuit!
4: I love the general disregard for Daniel's safety in that movie.
2: Like you know, like everyone transforms and like takes off. Yeah, they,
4: they just leave him. They leave him behind twice. Like even when they're running in Unicron inside, and he's like fifty feet behind them, and he falls. Yeah. Hey, and then, you,
3: you wear a big D on your chest. You 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 gotta you gotta gotta step up.
1: Should we go save Daniel? He's got a suit. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
3: he's got Spike's exo suit. Yeah, did anybody give Daniel the training manual? Oh, shit, no. I just, Daniel's I
2: just like, fine, he's got a glass helmet. Let's just go. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that reminds me
3: of, like, the uh, the the discrepancies, like, in the movie where people are like, hey, aren't the Insecticons dead? And then they, like, show up again to, like, blast uh, Daniel
4: or whatever. They show up again to get owned by Daniel. <laughs>
1: The one thing I always had trouble with the exo suit was is like why during those little transformations did he not go oh god it
0: hurts.
4: <laughs> that, that that whole scene where they give Daniel the exo suit I just love like Springer's demeanor in that in that scene like he's like <laughs> giving a dangerous weapon to a child. Is there anything more special? <laughs> well
3: you know they could always just not give it to him and then he could asphyxiate outside of the planet junk they're like come on
4: Dano he's like oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh come on Derek he'd be fine it had that nice orange kind of atmosphere <laughs> hey <laughs> so An- Daniel is clearly indestructible if he survived <laughs> being held by RC while the while the whole friggin shuttle crashed <laughs> I'll shield you with my cold metal body
3: dude those are those are transformer boobs, okay? <laughs>
1: they're soft and pliable. <laughs> oh man, um, <laughs> they're good enough for
3: Springer. They're good enough for Daniel.
1: Oh man, I, I was I was gonna say it was like I think one of the reasons why the quotes are so memorable too is something that, they, that Mike brought up was that the livery is really good on them. That's why they're so memorable. They got like really great voice actors for like a lot of the new people, you know, including Judd Nelson, you know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, as a kid, like for a long time, like I like I know like Kranix's planet or whatever is Lithone or whatever it is, but I used to think he's, he was saying, I'm the last survivor of Lipton. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: and then he gets thrown in the soup.
0: You,
3: you the whole planet, the whole planet Lipton.
4: <laughs> and then he dies the way he lived in a big bowl of soup. <laughs>
1: Who will make delicious teas? (laughs) Oh, man.
3: (laughs) People of the planet Lipton, this is your new ruler, Zod.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you guys are killing me here. Oh, we could do quotes all night. We probably will as we go into more topics. Ah, No! No!
0: I accept your terms! I accept!
1: Um, we were talking about some stuff earlier one time uh, last week about scenes that were not in the movie that people swear they are. But, of course, there are scenes that we all love that we are huge fans of, which will, again, lead into quotes. And also scenes that we are probably not really big fans of, ones that were kind of eh, not a big, huge, big deal that made us like really want to get into it. What what are some of those scenes for you guys? Uh, Brian, I'll go with you first. I haven't gone with you first in a little while. What was like some scene that was really awesome or a scene that you did not like?
2: Actually, the whole first act, like, I absolutely love. For a long time, you know, probably once I'd seen the movie a thousand times, like, I wouldn't watch the whole thing. I'd I'd watch the movie up to the point where Optimus Prime died. And since that was my favorite part of the movie, I'd just shut it off after that. And I did that for quite a while. As far as scenes that I don't like, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, the dance scene on Junkie On or the kissing of Grimlock getting removed. Like, <laughs> especially when when I'm asked if you know the movie holds up over time, like that's one scene that I always thought was kind of weird, and I don't know, I, I could do without. <laughs> me, Grimlock, <laughs> or kiss or me, King.
4: Sometimes you just gotta dance.
2: Well, yeah, I mean. It, it doesn't really even fit in the movie with like how serious of a situation they're in, and they take the time to dance. I mean, they, they dance before they well, even they, put Ultra Magnus back together, yeah, I was going right? to say, they're celebrating <laughs> that Ultra Magnus is dead. And they've lost the Matrix. Let's let's
1: dance. Actually, I'm a huge Weird Al fan, but that was the one song that really didn't fit
2: really well. Actually, I like that part. I like the Weird Al song in the movie and the fighting with the junk, junkions and stuff
1: it was okay during the fight, but I'm just saying just, they just brought it back for the dance uh, like, scene.
2: Yeah, there's the dance.
1: Oh
3: yeah. Well, if they're if they're dancing to their pending doom, maybe they are daring to be stupid.
2: <laughs>
1: it's deeper on many levels than I'll ever understand. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go rewatch it, guys. <laughs> uh, what about you, Derek? Uh, what was a scene that you dug or did not dig or?
3: Like it's weird. Like I don't. I don't think uh, when Brian was talking about it, he watched it up until Prime died. It makes me think of like the Lion King because it's like I only think that movie's worth watching up until uh Mufasa gets thrown off the cliff or whatever. <laughs> but like I don't. I don't feel like like that about Transformers. Like because I've always loved. I I do like Hot Rod and Rodimus and stuff. So I do enjoy like watching the movie through and everything like that. I think. I mean, I usually like and i also i mean i'm I'm also a pretty big fan of Galvatron, so I like all his hunting down scenes too yeah. It's like you know to me it was like I love. You know, like I said, when I, I, you know, in regards to Starscream, I was like, "Oh, finally, finally, the fucking guy gets what's coming to him." You know, like I love when he just turns into a cannon and blows him away and everything, and then he's kind of like, "Will anyone else attempt to fill his shoes?" You know, and everybody's like, "What do you say his name was?" Like, let's let's all fucking join up. <laughs> and then he's like, <laughs> he's
4: like "Galvatron." <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, hail!
3: Like, hail Hydra! You know, like, let's all, <laughs> all get in line. You know. So like that that kind of stuff I always dug and then um you know him chasing him down and everything and getting you know mind pressed by Unicron and stuff like all his conversations with Unicron you know like that kind of you know yeah. Cybertron and all it's moons belong to me you know and, and that kind of stuff yeah, so okay. I've always, I
1: belong to no one but we belong to him or something like
3: that yeah take me to Unicron take me now you know and like it's <laughs> like you know basically Unicron knows he fucked up but he thinks he's like, all smart and badass and stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, what about you, Mike? Uh, there's, like, a scene that, like... I don't even know if we really have any scenes we don't like, but uh, what was your favorite scene? Or if there was a scene you didn't like, go ahead and expound.
4: I would say, like, the whole... I had to agree with Derek. I'd, I'd say if I was forced at gunpoint, I'd say, like, the whole Galvatron killing Starscream scene is probably my favorite Just because you know the the dumb like the dumbfounded look on Starscream's face when he's like uh, like you know oh crap I'm screwed and then he gets shot you know (laughs) like well not even like he doesn't even realize he's screwed he's just like what the hell is happening and then he gets shot but uh, that's probably my favorite scene in the movie um one one of the one of the better deaths too I think yeah definitely like visually yeah too like that just was awesome yeah (laughs) you know crumbling to dust and all that but i for scenes like i didn't like well i i wouldn't say like i wouldn't like them but Something I would have added would be like maybe like have Blaster in with like them, one of the like groups that got like took off because like you know it just seems like they left him at Autobot City or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, uh, like I always used to think like what, what, why is Perceptor so special? I mean, like you know, you've got this whole new cast and stuff and like I can get why the Dinobots are along because they're super popular, but why did per- Perceptor get to come along? You know, he already had like a, a starring role in season two and then he gets a starring role in the movie and then he gets like a starring role in season three and i was like yeah. why, why couldn't if like why just perceptor why didn't blaster get to come along either i mean at least yeah, there's, like, there's was,
1: like here you go blaster here's the broom see you later
4: <laughs> yes i mean blaster could have had the cassettes with him and stuff and you know but you know that's probably like the only thing i'd change maybe and you know obviously like add snarl back in with the dinobots and all that but I still don't know, like, no one seems to know why exactly he was left out. Like, that. Like the original script of the movie only says four Dinobots. Like, no one knows why he was not included. Yep. So, uh, racism against, <laughs>
0: uh,
4: what, what is he, uh, Stegosaurus? Stegosaurus.
5: The, the real reason is, like, they filmed a few scenes. That's why you see him in just, like, one or two shots. But then he got greedy and asked for more Energon cubes, and they were just like, ah, you're out of here. Yeah, yep. that must be it. Also,
1: there was a a lot of tension on set between him and Wheeling, and that just was not working.
3: (laughs) Snarl Snarl would always come on, bringing his Paradron medics on each arm, (laughs) causing tension among the
1: cast. He's such a prima donna.
5: (laughs) Also, it's rumored he was a robosexual.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Every day, you don't know what it was like.
5: (laughs)
4: I I also really like like Megatron's like rebirth scene as Galvatron and stuff. I I remember kinda of being scared of that when I used to rent rent a video. I used to be scared of like Megatron's skeleton, like when he was being remade and stuff, you know, like when it focused in on his eyes and stuff. I for some reason I thought that was really <clears throat> scary imagery. I, remember, I always like, thought
2: he looked like Darth Vader. Like especially Yeah, yeah. Head. Like
4: it, I used to remember, like I had to like look away when like they when <laughs> he did that like cutaway like scene. I don't know why that scared me for some reason. But like n- now, like it, it kind of grew into one of my favorite scenes. And you know, despite all the uh, controversy that springs r- from who became who and whatnot, but I can say for sure that I think Megatron became Galvatron. I think you're right. I think, I think yeah. so. So <laughs> I think that's a really cool scene, just like, you know, music wise and you know, visual wise and you know just cool, you know, with the Orson Welles, you know, Behold Galvatron. Yeah, like And these will yeah. be your confusingly named minions.
1: <laughs> Cyclotus in his armada that you never see again. <laughs>
3: Uh, I yeah no, it I- was it was just a, it was just a Star Trek the Next Generation armada with like
0: two or three ships. Still
1: <laughs> so out, it's cool. It was actually like the like the scene. It was like Cyclonus mm-hmm. and his armada is like, "What about a ship? Oh yeah, sorry, fuck you, Cyclonus. We're gonna make a ship out of it."
3: It's, it's a budgetary <laughs> issue. We can only afford a couple ships for the armada. It's no big deal.
1: Just just grow a pair and deal with it,
4: Cyclonus. <laughs> Mighty Galvatron. Who Um, will rule the galaxy? (laughs) Me! It is my destiny!
1: (laughs) Killing me, man. You guys are freaking slamming me tonight. Yeah, one of my favorite scenes is just like, I like it when they did the whole Autobot City clash. and You know, the shuttle scene... It's not that it's not a favorite scene. It's not that I do not want it in the movie. It does play a very important part because it does set the tone of like you know we're going to kill everybody. Here's how it's going to be. But at the same time, being again a Prowl fanboy, I was like, no, why do you have to kill like my what, what not? Why is Blue streak not on there? Have Blue streak take a <laughs> Yeah. <point." laughs> you know? I
3: was about to ask like who who's the Morty foursome that you would have picked of like guys <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: to replace the four <laughs> guys that were in there. Like would you have been like, dude? Yeah, uh, Gears and Windcharger, or like, like, or or who else would you have, you know, besides Blue Streak replacing Prowl?
0: Yeah,
1: like, I, I think I think Gears would have been awesome because it'd just been like he gets shot, and he's like, oh, I saw this coming, oh, my life is pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gears would have been good. Uh, I really didn't have a problem with Ratchet because in the show he wasn't that big of a character. However, in like the comics, he was very well established. So I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword. And I guess the other person, I guess Hound, because Hound really didn't do anything after a while in the show. Uh, oh, he's always liked Hound.
2: Yeah, I he seemed like a like nice guy.
3: <laughs> yeah, he, he saves Spike from drowning. So.
2: Do like a hoist or so, or maybe even like trailbreaker. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, oh dear, I've been shot, oh gosh. <laughs> I would pick some Season 2 guys right out of the back. Cause some of the Season 2 guys weren't there. Red Alert would have been great because you've been freaking out. I'm shot, I'm shot, oh shit, oh god.
2: You'd <laughs> have been like squirming and like yelling be on bet- the floor. you'd <laughs> have to be the first one shot, that'd be epic. <laughs>
3: I've been betrayed.
0: Uh, I warned you. <laughs> I told you this was going to happen eventually. <laughs> but, uh,
4: <laughs> I, do, I yeah. always did find it weird. Like, Prime sends like... His best bud, prowl his like chief strategist and their chief medic all together like on on this on a menial mission, you know <laughs> just like, let me send all the important people yeah, together clustered together and in one sure ship,
2: problem, we could just use autopilot no, I'd rather you <laughs> pilot this
4: ironhide <laughs> I like it when you pilot Ironhide, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you fly so well. <laughs> yeah, I like your voice over the PA. It
1: sounds so reassuring to the rest of the uh, crewmates. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's one scene that I like. I said, I not that I've... this
3: is your captain speaking. <laughs> this is Ironhide. Remember the time on Cybertron when I was about to drop off some energon cubes at Autobot City? Well, this is just like that. So sit back, relax, and oh shit!
4: (laughs) (laughs) Know what I always also thought was funny when Starscream is like, uh, much easier than attacking the real threat, the Autobots moon base, and like Megatron's like, Oh, you mean the one that's only guarded by Bumblebee and Spike? That one is that the real threat? <laughs> oh, oh, I guess how many times they've beaten you in the cartoon? Yeah, that would be a threat to you, Starscream. Yeah. Oh, well, he does. He does call
1: him an idiot right after that. That's true. Yeah. yeah as far as one of my favorites he's to to kind of go against like some of the ones you mentioned, just to do something new. I, this was actually one I was going to pick. I actually did like the one. I don't know why. I guess because I have a fondness for the character Cup with his old grizzled self. He's shown as being this old guy and, like, cranky and grumpy. And then when they get attacked by the Decepticons uh, during the attack on the uh, Autobot City, he just, like, swings an ash and takes out Blitzwing and an Incepticon in, like, two seconds. And Rodimus is like, oh, shit, you got some skills, boy. (laughs) it was like, I I I don't know why it was just really well animated. And especially, like, Blitzwing, to me, his toy was always really badass. And I was like, oh, he took out Blitzwing. That's pretty impressive, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know, just one of those little scenes that I was just like,
5: ooh, Cup's cool, I like Cup, you
1: know. But uh, what about you, Justin? What's like a fave scene of yours?
5: It's hard to pick just one, but I guess I would go with, uh, like, I guess Unicron's transformation and attack on Cybertron. Like, you know, I guess because mainly, you know, he swats away Starscream and some of the other jets who were previously killed off and then the Dinobots get to uh, attack him like that's always one of my favorite parts was anyone surprised by like Unicron
2: transforming or was it pretty much expected
0: um,
3: I, I, it's hard to I, remember I, yeah. yeah yeah
2: I was gonna say I can't think for myself because I have
5: no recollection of not knowing it so I, I just remember being <laughs> surprised at how large he was I was like he's as big as Cybertron he can stand on it what are they gonna do I guess,
3: I guess I'd guess i have to say no only because I read the comic adaptation first, so I'm pretty sure when I watched it, I knew it was coming. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it was as impressive, you know, reading it as it was seeing it, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I was going to say, I, I I don't know about Transform, but I thought it was always really cool when they, like, shattered his eye with the spaceship.
2: <laughs> I was just going to say the way it was uh, animated and, like, how important of a scene it was, it almost seemed like they intended it to be, like, a big shocker, like, uh, with all the detail they added. But
3: I it kind know. of reminded me of like a, a Jonah and the whale type thing, you know, like the way Galvatron gets eaten and they all have to sort of, you know, go inside the belly of the whale pretty much, you know, to, to take <laughs> him out and stuff. He was no Mega Made 1,
1: though.
4: <laughs> it's a Transformer! <laughs>
1: She's gone from suck to blow! But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing about saying your favorite scene, because... In all honesty, the whole movie is made up of like favorite scenes, really. Yeah, and there's, like so so few that you're just like, oh, that sucked. There's not that many there. It it is fire, rain, and corrosion for up to five
2: years. Satisfaction guaranteed.
1: However, we here at the Fan Holes Continuum have the touch, and what I mean by that is there's a lot of awesome like metal rock and roll music to this, as, as long as well as uh, Vince Nicola providing some really cool background and, like, atmospheric music. What's some of your favorite, like, songs from this? Because there's so many. There's, like, so many that even are used today in pop culture. Uh, What about you, Mike? Is there, like, just one song that you just hear and you're just like, yeah?
4: (laughs) Again, it's kind of, like, hard to pick because I really kind of don't hate any of them, really. Like, I, I know they're not, like, you know... I guess, good by today's standards, but there's, it's like, it's hard to really like pick something. Cause it's just like, I love the movie so much. Like I love everything about it. So it's like, I can't really pick a favorite song almost. Like I love, like I have the touch and dare on my iPod and stuff, but you know, all the others, I can't like say anything bad about them almost. I do like, like, this, I have, like, from the score, I do like a bunch of pieces, like, you know, Unicron's, like, transformation music and, you know, Galvatron's creation and uh, the Dinobot's attack on Unicron. I like that bit of music and, uh, like, it's 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 just hard to choose, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was really, like, especially for the movie, like, how the music fit with it. There's really nothing bad. I mean, there's nothing that you go, oh, that song does Even when I was talking about Dare to be Stupid when they're all dancing around a circle, it kind of fits. I mean, it does. I mean, it's not completely out of place. Um, what about you, Derek? Is Dare actually a favorite song, or is just the whole thing gold?
3: I mean, I guess, I guess, like Mike was saying, if you had to put a gun <laughs> to my head, it probably would be Dare, you know? Like, you know, but I, I remember, like, always it's funny like to me like the music has always been an important part of like films in general you know that shape sort of how you you know how 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 the emotions you can have and 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 the kind of enjoyment you might have in a scene so i remember even though there weren't really i mean i guess there's that eight-bit piece of shit or whatever but at the time there wasn't really any transformers video games but i remember i would take my my uh cassette tape you know and listen to the the Transformers in the movie soundtrack while I was playing like Gradius or Gradius or whatever you know so to me it was like oh yeah I'm playing a Transformers video game you know
0: like, it was
3: just like you know stuff that you used to do to like psych yourself out or whatever you know and it's like and that, I always liked you know the Vinstacola score and everything and, and just listening to all those uh, you know background tunes you know and stuff like that.
1: Yeah cool um, Oh just let let uh, Fanholes know that uh, fanholes fans, you can pick up the Vistacola score. It, it's not that hard to get, just to let you guys know out there. Uh, it's basically like a lot of the incidental music, a lot of the background music, and stuff like that. It's really quite good. I mean, it's not just, you know, stuff that's like, oh, I don't care about them fighting and stuff. It's It's got a really cool atmosphere to it.
2: It's still not the full score, but um, in a recent interview, I think it was posted on Bot Talk, uh, uh, it was from Vistacola, <laughs> and he said that Sony or someone had approached him about releasing like a more complete score, so there's an even better version coming. I, I just
4: I I have the complete score to the whole movie. Like Bot BotCon like released it every year almost for a long oh. time. So if you look on ebay you can find like I think I think it's called Lighting Their Darkest Hour is the title of the album and it's like thirty tracks. It's like the entire score to the movie. But yeah, what's, like, the
3: difference, like, what's the difference between Till All R1 and Lighting Their Darkest Hour? I don't know.
4: Maybe they're the same thing under different names, but all I know is the one I have has like 20 to 30 tracks, and it has like the entire score of the movie. Because uh, cause like the Till All R1, I remember it has like a bunch of Stan
3: Bush music on like the first CD, and then it's got a bunch of Vince DiCola's score on the second
4: one.
5: I, I want to say like one of those versions has like some. Uh, preliminary music like there's yeah uh, the one,
4: the one i have has a couple of tracks that weren't used in the actual movie i know that
1: i was gonna say i, I remember if i'm not totally incorrect i could have just have a faulty memory because that's been shown to be true one of them does have like kind of like is it like a piano with like the season three characters like the toys themselves like kind of lined
5: up on it i thought it was fair um i know what you're talking about but i'm not sure what version it is tony yeah, yeah the one the light. one
4: I have is just a picture of the Matrix over a Cybertron. That's the cover. Okay, cool. Yeah, the
3: one I remember the r One thing. I'm pretty sure it was what kind of like what Mike was saying, except for it was like a I think it was like a purple star field or something.
1: Just uh, I'll jump in with my I guess if you like have to pick a fair song one just because of what Derek said. We'll be secret brothers right now. I really did like Dare too because to me it was kind of Hot Rod's theme in a way because it always played when he was doing something. And I just really enjoyed – it had that, that energy. Like the touch was cool because it was the whole like, you know, oh, you're the hero. But like Dare had that really energetic thing where like, you know, I can't think so I'm not even going to do it. But it just got you really pumped up for, you know, the further adventures of Hot Rod saving Legless Cup, you know, it was kind of cool. What about you, Brian? What's what's one of your favorite songs on there? Or again, are you just like everybody else just loves love love the whole thing?
2: Yeah, I would say the whole movie or the whole soundtrack's pretty much gold. And um I always thought it was interesting because the movie itself, like, has so much like music. Like there's not a scene that doesn't have music playing. Which, you know, it's hard for me to think of another movie that's quite like that. So I think that's why I like the whole soundtrack so much, is because every bit of music you hear is tied in you know, very vividly into some place in the movie. I'm Secret Brothers with you two, though, because uh, the, like, breakdown in there, We're like, um, it's the scene with Cup, you know, pulling up Blitzwing's turret and stuff. Like, the doo 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 I don't know. That part is my favorite, like, single point of the whole soundtrack, so.
3: Uh, just remember, you can win if you dare.
2: Yeah. You
1: can. <laughs> uh, what about you, Justin? What's, like, uh, I, if you're going to go with the entire fan holes, like, the whole soundtrack is awesome, I don't blame you, but is there a song that you like better than the other ones?
5: I guess I would go with uh, Unicron's theme. That's the one I like the most. Like I remember as a kid, like only three pieces of music stand out or stood out to me as a kid. That was um the main theme by Lion. Um Unicron's yeah. theme and uh uh Weird Al's Dare to be stupid. Like for some reason I don't remember any of the other music, you know, popping out at me as a kid, but um Unicron's theme is probably my favorite piece, but you know, like everybody else I um I pretty much enjoy the whole soundtrack really. Cool.
1: I would like. I would like to give honorable mention since none of us really mentioned it, even though it was a good song. Uh, nothing's going to stand in our way. Not tonight. Um.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like that they went with like a metal direction with most of the soundtrack. It's like all yeah. metal or progressive rock, and that's totally up my alley.
1: Yeah, it was. It was actually a really bold choice because they could have really just went with more. Like Vince Cola's score again is really good. Don't get me wrong, but they really could have gone with music like that. That was just in the background, kind of like how in the original series, every time they turn on the radio it was, nah, 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 you know? <laughs> radio station only played one song every <laughs> three minutes, you know, continuously. But yeah, I agree, Brian, like, the, the whole metal soundtrack kind of gave it, kind of held the ominous kind of edge, you know? It was like, you know, not to sound cliched, because you see it all over the internet, but, you know, this shit just got metal, you know? <laughs> it, was like, it made it sound, it made it seem more hardcore and stuff. Let's, let's, let's show our sensitive side, guys. And, and, and Justin and Derek have already said that, like, they are a part of this group. But we'll, we'll go in their deeper feelings for this. Optimus Prime was born, as far as a toy, on these American shores in 1984. And in 1986, he died, aka was not released for a while anymore. I was wondering, guys, how did that really affect you? How did it make you feel? Do not grieve. Soon, I shall be one with the Matrix. And I'll go with Mike, since he he didn't really get to expound upon any uh, feelings of Prime dying.
4: I think I cried. I don't... I don't... Like, I I think, like the other said, I don't remember too well. Like, I'm pretty sure I was sad, though. I mean, Optimus Prime's never been, like, a favorite character of mine, but, you know, he was always there, so, I mean, you know, I, I can't imagine I wasn't sad, so... Yeah, I, I, I'd I say I probably cried a little. Yeah.
1: A little bit. A little, little bit of sadness. What about you, Brian? Did it, did it kind of tug at your heartstrings?
2: I might have felt sad because, like, Prime's so iconic and, like, so much the, you know, hero that it was sad to lose him. Um, but, yeah, I didn't actually cry, although, like I said before, my older sister did. But it's definitely a moving scene as, as far as a robot dying can get. <laughs> Did pretty well on
1: that. I I, kind of go with you too. I don't really remember if I cried or not. There's a there's a perfectly reasonable chance that I blubbered like a baby, but I don't remember crying. I do remember feeling lost though, because it was like, oh, it it was like what was said earlier. You know, like Prowl died, Ironhide died. You know, like all these people died. Oh fuck, Prime too? Seriously? Like shit. It's going to be the adventures of like Skids and Wheelie now. Fuck. so yeah it really did kind of again i've said this a hundred times during the podcast but it made it real it really impacted that like shit this is not good times for the autobots so um i saved you and uh justin and derek for last because they did say they did cry but i will definitely give them a chance to maybe expound upon it a little bit more if they'd like to was there anything you want to add to it derek
3: i was just curious like for the people that said they were unaffected, whether because it was a robot or, you know, just because it was, you know, their kind of thing where they were like, oh, they were, you know, like, oh, holy shit, Prime died, but it wasn't anything that sort of made them sad. Like, does that apply to a lot of things that you watch? Or can you, in other words, like, like, I, I can, I can quantify like, Optimus Prime dying was not Grave of the Fireflies watching, crying type thing. Like, I I don't know, the the best way, it's kind of like, in other words, if I sat through Grave of the Fireflies, it's like, you you have to, like, either drink a lot, you know, or slit your wrists or what, like, it's, (laughs) it's, like, fucking depressing, like, you, you know, I, I, you know, I would think you're fucking heartless if you can't watch that movie and not at least, you know, kind of be like, I don't know sensitive about it but for me like watching that movie was kind of like oh jesus christ like that was like oh i was gonna be blubbering if i didn't shut it off or whatever but like in terms of prime it was more like oh well i kind of teared up and i was like oh that that you know like so it definitely affected me but I, i was just wondering if there are movies out there that affected you more or is it just the type of thing where like you see something whether it's you know i you know i don't know i'm just trying to Think of things that maybe had, you know, affected me, you know, like, like Grave of the Fireflies or whatever that got a strong emotional reaction out of me. Or are there just no movies like that for, for the those of you like Tony or Brian?
1: I mean, as far as I go, I'm not sure about Brian, but there have been movies I've seen, even animated movies, that if there's like a sad scene or if it's just like properly done, yeah, I mean, I'll shed a tear. I mean, hey, I'll even take it on the chin. When I watched up, and there's that one part where the old lady was like coming up to meet her husband, and like they've been together for so long, and she like died on the hill. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I shed a few tears. I just think that Optimus Prime dying, it it maybe, I don't remember, like I said, I don't remember crying or not. I think more in a way it was just that I was shocked. It wasn't so much that I was like. Right, right. Yeah, you know, I was like, oh shit, they like killed this guy. So I, I think maybe that's what it was if I didn't cry. It wasn't so much that I wasn't saddened, it was just like. You, know? you you were
3: more you were more just in disbelief than you were sad,
1: yeah, I was more bullshit, you know, <laughs> fuck you guys, yeah, but, but uh, that's
5: kind of the way I was too like i'll I'll expound a little bit more like I guess i was I had Daniel's reaction, I was just like, prime, you can't die, like Prime wasn't even my favorite transformer, but still like you know, I liked him, and he was the hero of the show, you know, you can't kill off the hero, like I remember just you know putting in that tape of the movie. And I was just like, oh, this is just going to be, like, a really long episode, and it'll be fun. <laughs> no. Everybody's dying. <laughs> Everybody's dying left and right, you know? And Then, then Angry Parents wrote in <laughs> to save Duke.
1: I, I was about to say, it's like, that's how much that impact that movie had. They actually saved Duke's ass because of that movie.
5: <laughs> uh, as far as, like, other movies affecting me, like, as a kid, like... There were only three movies that ever made me cry, and that was, you know, Optimus Prime dying. And like Derek, I cried when Mr. Spock died. Like, I cried quite a bit. And then, you know, my dad comes in, he's like, stupid, he comes back in the next movie. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> he hits you. <laughs> yeah.
5: So that, that kind of, I was just like, well, we got to watch this next movie now because uh, I can't deal with Spock being dead. Yeah. And uh, just
1: awesome, like man up.
5: <laughs> the the other thing that made me cry when I was a little kid, and I was probably even smaller than uh, when I watched Transformers as a movie, but uh, when Frosty the Snowman melted, like I cried my <laughs> eyes all. Like I, <laughs> that.
1: I remember you mentioned that one. <laughs>
5: well, I didn't know he was going to come back. I thought he was gone. Like he was just you know a puddle of water, and he, that was it. I was like Frosty. He's gone. He's not coming back. And I got really Happy upset. Happy birthday
1: again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can empathize. with mean, you know. Um, <laughs> what about you, Brian? Is Is there any movie that has made you cry? Is that just kind of... Um,
2: that? there are a couple. Like Up is actually one. Like, uh, when she can't have a kid. Like my wife and I went through a miscarriage, and is like close to when I saw that. So that choked me up, but I was kind of emotionally unbalanced. And, I don't know, I can't think of another cartoon that had really made me that sad. Like, Toy Stories are pretty good, and they have a lot of moving moments, so I guess they choked me up, but I don't think I've ever cried. I'm not yeah,
1: everybody should hate. Everybody should check out Up if they want to, like, fucking just have one scene where they cry, because there's, like, two or three in there where you're just like, oh! <laughs> yeah. It just, it's just is really well done. Okay, so basically... I guess the synopsis more or less is that we like all felt bad about on this prime. And I, I mean, would it be fair, Derek and Justin to say, also you may have cried because you were so young. I mean, it's not like we were 23 years old when we saw this.
3: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, what, like, what was it? It was 1986, right? So what was I? I, I think I was nine. So I don't know, maybe I'm a pussy. I don't know, but I was only nine. So, uh,
2: yeah, Another I mean, thing would be that like, I think almost the death on the shuttle like, braced me for what was coming next, you know? Mm. I and mean, it was, like, no holds barred. And then, um, you know, if the movie ended when Prime died, it might have, you know, if, like, I had been allowed to, like, think about that more than I did, I, it might have affected me more emotionally. But, I mean, the movie keeps trucking. So you didn't have yeah. a really long time to, like, think, oh, crap, they just killed off Optimus Prime. It's
3: just they, they didn't have a big funeral and, and dwell on it and then to have four different Optimus Primes come back. and
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they did, they did that in season three. Um, <laughs> zombie Prime. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I think one thing we can all definitely agree on, no matter how it really affected us back then, it was a, it was a really well-done death scene. I mean, for a character that you liked so much, or if you didn't even like him that much, for a character who had that much of an iconic status, like Brian said, it was like, that's the best you can really get. I mean, they yeah. could have totally fucked it up if they wanted to.
5: Yeah, he could have fell off a bridge or something. <laughs> Someone could have
2: crossed like the median on a highway. He was driving on just totally wiped like out. <laughs> Prime, no, no, <laughs> no. Huffer has to take his trailer back home. Just
1: hovering over the body, like man, maybe
4: I can see his mouth now. <laughs> it's
2: okay, Prime, I'll get your trailer.
0: Thanks,
3: well,
4: Huffer. You're a well, friend. friend. If a bridge fell on him or he got crushed under something, he could have been like, not much time talking like Chatner.
1: <laughs> Did we <laughs> make a difference? Like, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go ride horses. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's Transformers Turbo Cyber Horses or whatever they want to call them. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. uh. <laughs>
3: dude it's like it's like those uh what was the horse uh he-man had to ride
1: oh I oh, oh stridor
3: stridor they got a pair of fucking striders for prime <laughs> and uh fucking <laughs> hot rod or whatever
1: <laughs> i take it the situation is grim and we don't have very much chance you could say so <laughs> sounds like fun <laughs> sounds like fun <laughs> Springer goes back and punches him in the back of the head. That's my line. <laughs> oh man, guys! I actually there's there's a part of me that does not want to uh, quit waxing poetic about the movie unless you guys want to. Is there anything else that just kind of popped up during the uh, conversation that you'd like to maybe just shoot in there about your uh, love for this movie?
5: Well, there was one thing I wanted to ask you guys. Like, how? Like, I guess as a kid, like, how did you feel about RC being kind of? You know, shoved into the movie and then later on in season three, because you know, in, in season two we we had a few female Autobots, but they were just like in one episode, or you know, at least one showed up and then she was gone. But you know, with the movie, we had RC, and then she was there till you know pretty much the end of Rebirth. So, like, you know, what did you think of having a female Transformer that being there, you know, week after week?
2: I I always thought like even as a kid that robotic girlfriends were goofy. I don't know, it didn't didn't jive very well with me. And, like, um, RC was kind of cool because, yeah, she screwed up a lot in the movie, but she still tried to hold her own, and she was still getting in the action, you know, firing her little pistol. But in season three, Uh, I, like, totally hated her.
1: Help me. (laughs) Well, Uh, yeah,
2: the whole Headmaster thing at the end, I mean, she just sucked during all season three. Yeah.
1: I think the only thing that really cut her down in my eyes as a kid and even, then of course, later on as a collector, I'm like, there was never a toy of her. So in the back of my head, I'm like, not to sound cruel, but I'm like, this bitch ain't important. She ain't got a toy. Fuck her, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it, it sounds cruel, but it's true. It's like, Hot Rod's got two toys. you got Hot Rod and Rodimus. What do you got, R.C.? You got jack shit. Go away.
5: <laughs> yeah, I, I can remember, go, you know, going to, like, you know, kmart or walmart or somewhere and, and looking for the toy you know a few times and have been like <laughs> why is there no rc toy that's really weird she's always there on the show so yeah
1: she won't go away <laughs> what What about you mike because I, I know you also have the uh wonderful knowledge of idw transgender sniper rc in your head too <laughs>
4: I don't don't remember thinking much about it. I guess, I don't know, I was just used to, like, you know, every 80s cartoon having a girl on it, like, even if it was for guys, you know, just like, there's there's one girl with the guys, you know, and that's about it. Like, it's always standard. Like, you know, Spider-Man and Iceman have got Firestar, and, you know, the Turtles have April O'Neil, and, you know, Transformers has RC. you know, so. I don't know. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it just seems standard to me, I guess.
1: Yeah,
3: I didn't think of it as all that much different from Scarlet or Lady J. Like, I just kind of I, I, – I don't even think I thought it was, like, forced or anything. I just kind of was like, oh, what – like, kind of like what you were saying before. Like, oh, well, there were girls that showed up on the – you know, they had Alita One and all those other chicks show up on the show before. So it wasn't like – to me, it, did, it didn't feel like it came out of the blue to me. Like, so but that's just me. Yeah,
1: to, to be fair, though, April O'Neil, Tila, Scarlet – all had toys. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) No, no, no,
3: that's true. They all did. I mean, you know, that's a a glaring oversight, which it it seems like fans have uh, clamored about. I think I was long since out of toy collecting once there were any either fan-made or, or, you know, official, you know, Energon or whatever the other lines were that had RCs in them. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think it's just part of, like, the uh, show's appeal is, like, like DevCon or DevCon, he was a character in season two. He showed up for one episode, people thought he was cool. But again, he didn't have a toy, so I didn't really care that much about him. I'm like, oh he's he's kinda neat. I oh, well, fuck him, he ain't got a toy. I think I think it was like if you're gonna make a commercial, sell me some shit, motherfucker <laughs> you know?
3: Yeah, but then you know, we were saved of uh Nurgil and uh crimsy toys too. So, and <laughs> I mean maybe you should be thankful for small favors.
5: I, I don't know, like, the little kid version of me probably would have loved a, a Grim Zeke and a nurgill toy.
3: <laughs> Grim Zeke, like, you just, like, wind him up and he, like, knocks over, like, five Transformers. When he I,
1: I will admit, the, the technology at the time, that's probably why they never did it. With the technology at the time, I, I have no doubt the RC figure, if they made one, would probably have looked pretty hideous. So. <laughs> yeah, I will get, I will you know, give them a little bit of leeway on that uh,
3: transitioning from RC like I watched GoBots and it was like I, I guess you could say that GoBots was gender in specific but I mean <laughs> Cratcher clearly had freaking lipstick and was a chick and then they had I, I, this is what I was asking before I was trying to think of the, uh, the GoBot the the one that turned into the, like the, the truck RV or whatever
0: oh, like oh, that light, was a
3: chick too foot? maybe i i I just can't remember what what her name was but
1: um. well i know there's another girl on the go team it was pathfinder she turned into a ufo
4: no 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 not pathfinder but
3: i think it was
4: like like something foot like small
3: foot or light small foot light foot something like that yeah so it's (laughs) like to me i was kind of like oh well you know there's that as well kind of you know it's
2: not like they had you know Cybertronian boobs or whatever. Were they ever, like, girlfriends on GoBots, though? Like, because I, I don't care about, like, female-looking robots, but, like the episode you know where they go to cybertron and it's really heavily implied you know that you know this is inferno's girlfriend and this is ironhide's girlfriend yeah, i didn't they not really like a that yeah, it's,
0: it's,
3: yeah, <laughs> no i think it's definitely decidedly different from that i mean i mean you you might even say i mean even though rc ends up with springer you, i mean you could even say that rc doesn't really fall into that category cuz if anything it seemed like the traditional logic would be to apply her to hot rod but they don't really seem to hit it off at all, you know? Like, as
1: far as, I, I always kind of liked that. They, they were talking about Springer being Han Solo as far as his character, and you would think you would hate it, but I always kind of cheered Springer on when he would totally cock-block Hot Rod from RC. <laughs> I was like, you go, boy. <laughs> like, That's my woman. Um, Actually, I hate to admit this because I, I guess I watched too many cartoons in the 80s, but actually Smallfoot, the, the, the chick... Truck you're talking about actually did have some kind of weird boyfriend girlfriend plotline with Scooter.
2: Awesome. <laughs> with Scooter, yeah. Like a, a, a like
4: a hideous freak of nature, <laughs> like even among <laughs> even even among even among GoBots, you know. Like, it, it's, okay. Just his voice, is like you know, like oh,
1: do you want to go out with me, Smurfette? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like whoa. Like, no, oh, you're. And it's like,
0: <laughs> I'm Crusher! <laughs> <laughs>
1: As far as I know, Crasher did not get with anybody. I think she did have the kind of psychophant thing with Psycho, but it wasn't like romantic. It was just like you know, Psycho, you're so awesome. You know, like, and, and the great thing is like the toy for Crasher. I was I was bitching about toys earlier. The toy for Crasher looked nothing even halfway fe- feminine at all. <laughs>
3: well, all you had to do was like do do uh, do the old Derek customization of getting <laughs> a, a post it. You make a little <laughs> lips, and then, but now, like you totally like show accurate.
1: Um, a hot crasher female. <laughs> um, I, you know, actually, I will bring this up. I I'm, And we can end on this if you want, because I don't really think we're going to have to go too in depth with it. Is it pretty much fair to say that even though Transformers did kill Gobots pretty horribly throughout the entire run, is it just really sad how much more awesome the Transformers movie was than the Gobots movie, Battle of the Rock Lords or whatever? Wait, are you trying
3: to tell me that that uh, you you don't like Magmar as Telly <laughs>
4: Savalas? I mean, what?
3: Like,
4: <laughs> Derek's like does not compute.
3: I don't get it, dude. Like Telly Savalas as a rock lord.
1: Like, you know what killed the Gobots movie for me? The the whole gnarly thing, the rock gnarlies. They're pets or whatever. Yeah, it was just because they, they, they made like a whole line of them, and they're just these big fuzz balls with mm. random. Well,
3: answer me this, Tony Jackson. If the Rock Lords movie sucked so bad, how come Bayformer's Bumblebee is a carbon clone copy of Nugget?
1: Like,
3: <laughs> why is that?
1: Because Michael Bay chooses really shitty designers? <laughs> he, like, rated Hanna-Barbera's design sketches.
3: That's what they did. They went back there. Oh, ooh, this Nugget guy looks cool. We'll <laughs>
2: to Trying to research Transformers they use GoBot material.
3: They can get paid to put in some gnarlies and they'll explode. That's how we'll sell Bay on it.
5: It's a secret GoBot conspiracy.
4: <laughs> Megatron you, was actually a rock lord for the first two
5: movies. <laughs> Exposed air
4: first on fan holes. <laughs> you know, now that
3: you think of, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, Bayformers Megatron does kind of look an awful lot like a rock
1: lord. <laughs> he does. Uh, it just popped in my head when you were talking about. It. I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we've exposed Michael Bay for the even more untalented act that he is.
5: No, he was he was
3: just
1: watching the wrong movie
3: and reference this whole
5: time. <laughs> <laughs> so remember, folks, send your angry emails to fanholespodcast at gmail.com.
1: Uh, actually, actually uh, I, I guess we will uh, stop the Transformers love just for a minute, because to get through this podcast, we do have to end on our standard uh, segment we do at the end of the show. Something awesome in your world this century. Man, it's getting harder and harder to come up with random stuff to say about that. We'd like to just tell you guys something we really dig this week. Uh, we'll just go at random and pick Justin. What's something really cool in your world right now?
5: What's cool in my world this week is uh, I've been putting together a model battleship. Uh, it's been a long time since I've put any models together, like I used to put a lot of models together as a kid. And I got a German pocket battleship, the Graf Spray, off eBay uh, earlier in the week, and I spent the last two days putting it together, and it's went okay so far. I broke the main mast, and then I superglued my two fingers together, so it, it took a while to get those separated. And then I glued a life raft to my thumb, and it took a while to get that <laughs> off. But. Uh, John
1: you Luke. Say, John you Luke. Uh, I'm oh, sorry. ships. <laughs> Uh, Jesse says a pocket battleship uh, scale. Like, like how big is it actually? I mean like what, what's the uh, scale you're kind of looking at?
5: Just curious. Um, well, I'm not sure what the scale is. I'd have to look at the box. But uh pocket battleship is a uh, just a German classification that they used to get around the Treaty of uh, Versailles because after World War One, they were limited from building ships over a certain tonnage. Oh,
0: okay. so they
5: So they had to like… You know, make it under a certain tonnage and then they would just put more guns on it and get around that classification. But uh Cool. Uh it's I, I it's learned there. something. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But uh my model's about seventy five percent complete. I just gotta put the the deck to the main hole or the main hull and put the anchors on and I'm pretty much done. Cool. That's cool. You should so take they, pictures of it.
1: Yeah. Definitely I'm gonna to look 'em. They're they're, they're like after that. the biz, after the Bismarck they're like, No with that bullshit. Small ships for you. <laughs> Uh what about uh what about you Brian what's what's your cool thing this week
2: Sure uh mine's kind of somewhat related to uh a cool thing from a week or so ago Uh mine is actually the Super Nintendo Turbo Pad and the reason it's so cool is uh I I've, I've been playing Carnage which I've already mentioned before um and actually found a cheat code to get like seven hidden health bars which is awesome so I can actually <laughs> get get as far in the game as I want but you know, my thumb starts wearing out on me. So uh, I I ended up ordering this turbo control pad so I can just hold the button down and I'm throwing out fists like Muhammad Ali, so... (laughs) (laughs) It it makes the game much, much easier.
5: Wander into my realm of pain, bitches. (laughs) Also, remember, listen all you fools. Don't you know that carnage rules? Yes. (laughs)
1: Spotter bird, old spotter bird, Jamaican spotter bird.
4: can
1: up. Oh, oh! You had to do the musical sting, Mike. That that makes me want to pick on you. What's your favorite thing, man? I I actually have a book. What?
0: Oh, oh,
4: since Borders Books is, like, going out of business, I went there and I was, like, looking around and, like, I bought a bunch of, like, Halo books that I haven't read yet. So, like, I just finished the first one, uh, Ghosts of Onyx which was pretty good, and, uh, like, I kind of feel like, it kind of feels like like these, like, Gundam manga, like, side stories, where it's like, you know, oh, like, you know, the TV show, like, you know, this guy has the best Gundam ever, but there's also this side guy who also has a Gundam, like, that's awesome, but you never hear about (laughs) him. It's it's like kind of the way I feel about these like Halo books because it's like you know in the main Halo game, uh, the Master Chief uh, John One One Seven is like you know the last Spartan, the last Super Soldier, but like in all the books, there is like fifty others like last Super Soldiers (laughs) and stuff, and you know he's not quite the last Spartan; he's just the like last popular Spartan. But. Hey, hey,
3: hey, there can only be one, except for the guy in the sequel, the third movie, the fourth movie, and then the fifth movie, and the sixth movie, and any animated incarnations. But other than that, once I fight you to death, there's only one of us. Exactly.
4: It,
5: it, it's kind of like Superman's Last Kryptonian, except for when Supergirl shows up and Zod and everybody else. They have We've a baby, uh, all kind of stuff.
4: <laughs> <laughs> No, but for the most part, I enjoyed the book. And, you know, the, the, I, the Halo books are usually really well-written. And, like, a, it's like they're, like, hard and fast sci-fi, pretty much. You know, even based on a video game, they're really re- well-written. So I, I like that universe. So um, I was pretty happy with that. Cool.
2: Were you ever into Mass Effect, Mike? No, I never. I've seen the
4: game played, but, no, I never really got into it.
2: Okay. I was just going to say, there's books... um. You know, from that universe too, but I, I I've been interested in picking them up. But I didn't know if they're any good. So,
1: yeah, mine's not nearly as intellectual as uh, Mike's or as skillful as Justin gluing his hands together. But I enjoyed it. <laughs> it's it was fun. <laughs> Sorry man. On Adult Swim games, yeah, I'm gonna throw a plug out. There's a, ga- a game called Escape from Doggy Death Camp, and you would think, oh, this is just gonna be another dumb Adult Swim game. The funny thing is, though, is it's kind of a parody of Metroid, <laughs> and you're this cybernetic dog who has to run around and save little puppies, and the layout is just like Metroid as far as the things you have to do, and there's puzzles and stuff, and it was kind of a cool little retro kick in the pants, it was like, oh man, I miss Metroid, and this actually has semi-decent graphics, and it's really fun, it's got like a lot of challenging puzzles, so if you get a chance... Go to Adult Swim Games, uh, check out Doggy Death Camp. Pretty fun.
3: When when you take off Doggy's helmet, are you all shocked that she's a bitch? Or... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Actually, they, they go with later storylines, and it's already already explained that she is a bitch, and she doesn't have a helmet. So. uh uh-huh. I know, right? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see. What about... You sir, Derek. What do you What do you think is cool?
3: I saw Cowboys and Aliens uh, today, and that was that was pretty good. I enjoyed myself. Uh, I I read I read the comic and thought not too much of it. Like when I heard they were making a movie out of it, and so I wasn't you know exactly sure what to expect. But actually, I liked the movie a lot better than than the comic, and thought it was pretty good. You know, Daniel Craig as as we've said before on the podcast is dreamy.
0: Um, yeah, he,
3: he's, he works, oh. kicks, he kicks a lot of ass and, uh, Olivia Munn's pretty hot and Harrison Ford's cool too. And, and uh, even beyond those three, like there, there's a good cast of people, you know, that are, uh, engaging and, and, uh, enjoyable to watch in the film. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think it was worth going to check out. So I enjoyed it.
5: Yeah. I saw it Monday and I thought it was pretty good too. Like it was a lot of fun. I've seen the trailers, and I actually
1: do like the whole mixing of genres. I mean, at least it's something new. It's not like, you know, fucking, uh, we're going to remake the A-Team, you know? I mean, at least it's a new concept, so yeah, I'm totally in favor of it. I do want to see it, so cool. It's good that this seems to be worth checking out. Awesome. I uh, would like to point out that our recent contest has not had a lot of entrants, it's still going until we get rid of this stuff cuz we have stuff to give you. So, as as it was last last time we talked to you folks, just post on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, send us an email, like us, do something, just say hi. We don't care. We're we're pretty easy. And you get free stuff. I mean, we have the Nanny Marilla contest going on. We have just free comics from Brian if you just sign up. Just say hi.
2: I mean, yeah, and did on. I mention, like, that comic cover has half a boob hanging out?
1: So, it I does. It's something all you guys
2: want to jump <laughs> on quick. It's pretty graphic. Yeah,
1: we're, we're, we're talking about, like, nipplage that you can see through the shirt. Come on, guys. <clears throat> just just get some free stuff from us, guys. It is totally easy to do. And all you got to do is listen to the Fan Holes podcast. Or you don't even have to listen to us right now. You can just sign up and then realize how awesome it is and then listen to us. Just go ahead and shoot for it. Get some free crap from your fan holes, friends, and we will definitely see you next week. Until then, I remain Tony Chainclaw, and I just want you to know. Hey, look, Octobus, I'm helping!
2: Hey, this is Brian <laughs> Breakdown. Hey, this is Derek, Derek WC.
3: It's not hard to knock them down, it's getting them to stay down. That's the trick.
4: <laughs> hey, it's Mike Thunderwing, and just think about what you want to do before you do it.
5: Me, Grimlock, need new strategy.
1: Alright, and let's see if we can do this on uh, the count of three. Let's all do the end quote from the movie. One, two, three. Till, Till all. are one. That was spectacular. <laughs> Alright, guys. We'll see you next week. You better squeeze all
5: the charming you can. When Mr.
3: Totally ruling the galaxy right now, but I can't hear anybody else.